Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The visibility factor is brought to you in part by the Choose Your Life Challenge. Do you feel like it's too late to do something new? You have a good life and your basic needs are met. You have a place to live, a job that provides enough and friends and family to share it with. But it's all passing by so quickly and it feels like you're running out of time to do the things you wanted to do. Join Danielle McCombs and Christy Allinger, co-hosts of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast in a 30-day interactive experience that helps you to live a more intentional life. Through a combination of live sessions, video coaching, and digital social interaction, you will be guided through a series of ideas to explore your mindset and gain confidence to live the life you want. Sign up today by visiting theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge. Use promo code CHALLENGE4 for a 20% discount. That's theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge and promo code CHALLENGE4. Hello, everyone. This is Sue Barber. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. I am thrilled today to have my guest, Amanda Stern, with me today. I'm going to read a quick bio about her, and then we're going to have some really fun conversation about one of my favorite things to do, which is journaling and how it can help you. So Amanda Stern is a journaling coach, helping people just like you work magic in their lives through journaling. She works with clients one-on-one and in groups to help them understand how to use journaling as a mechanism for change growth, and transformation. Amanda presents workshops, facilitates journaling groups, and has appeared on multiple podcasts and radio shows. She shares journaling inspiration and resources, as well as lots of journal prompts daily on LinkedIn and can be found at goodthingscometothosewhojournal.com. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have her here because I think what she's doing with journaling has really transformed her personally. And I know that it's transforming a lot of the people that she works with. So I love the name. Good things come to those who journal. I feel like you're just sending a great message out to the universe with that title. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a mouthful, but I think it's easy to remember. And it's really true. Good things come to those who journal. And so much good stuff comes when we journal. And I, if that is the only takeaway folks get from listening to our conversation, I will feel totally, totally happy that they know good things can come to them when they journal. Exactly. So can you share a little bit about your story? Because I know your story, but I would love for you to share with the audience how you really got into journaling and then how you move that into becoming a journaling coach. So I have really four main moments uh, with journaling that I love to talk about. Uh, The first is when I was an angsty teenager, just like all the other angsty teenagers in the world in the 90s. I relied a lot on the telephone and getting my friends on the phone when I had a really hard day. And this one especially tough day, none of my friends were available. I didn't know what I was going to do. 
can't remember what I was upset about, but I'm sure it was terribly angsty. Um, so I took a notebook and I took a pencil, it was a mechanical pencil, and I started to write. And I remember that I wrote for a really long time. And when I was done writing, I felt better. And I had always been a writer. I liked to write for school, but this was the first time I connected writing with the way I felt, and it felt really good. I felt lighter, I felt clearer, and I thought, this is worth doing. And so the next night I picked up my pencil again, and the next night, and the next night, and before I knew it, I had this really robust journaling practice that carried me through high school and college, And then I got married and then I had some children. And like you can expect, I was busy, I was tired. I had every single excuse in the book to not journal because I really did think I would remember the sweet and funny things my children did. And I don't. (laughs) But journaling was always there in the background for me. And I could always call on it when I needed it. So I called on it. About eight years ago, my ex, well, now ex-husband came home, uh, came home one day and said, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've decided that I'd be happier not being married to you. Yeah. Um, Out of nowhere, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do with that. So I pulled out my journal and I forced myself to write what I was grateful for. And I will tell you, it was really hard because I did not feel grateful in that moment for very much. But I came up with eight things. And I thought if I could be grateful for eight things on this hardest day of my life, then my life is still pretty great and I'm going to be okay. That was really the second main shift for me is realizing that not just journaling makes me feel better, but journaling can set me off on this completely new trajectory and help me really become the person I want to be. Fast forwarding now to December of 2020, I was able to finally, after years and years of trying, shift my journaling practice to the morning. I had a teacher in high school who said he liked to journal in the morning because it woke up his creativity and I could never make that happen. Well, thanks to the beauty of the pandemic, this is my silver lining and my children being in school remotely, I had this little pocket of time I had never had before. And so I moved my journaling to the morning. It was December, I had just picked up my Christmas tree, put it up in the living room, and I got up just a few minutes early so I could snuggle on the couch under my blue fuzzy blanket and write. And the kind of journaling that I did in the morning during that time was reflective, it was very intentional, it was very activating, I think I would say. And it made me realize that I could use journaling in new ways, that I could use journaling to really set my intentions for how I'm going to show up and where I'm going to show up, that I can use my journaling to really achieve goals. And I went on this discovery to see how many other ways I could use my journal and to see where else in my life it could help me. But again, all of that was just for me. I never really talked about it. I didn't really share journaling with anyone because I wasn't sure how I was going to even bring it up in conversation. Um, you know, was it going to say like, hey, Susan, guess what? I journaled today. You would think that was kind of <laughs> weird, right? Apropos of nothing. <laughs> But in October of last year, I started writing about journaling on LinkedIn. I had been on LinkedIn for a while and had really been looking for something that I could share and give back to the community because I was learning so much. 
And I finally just figured, well, I could probably talk about journaling for three or four days, maybe a week if I stretch it, and that'll buy me some time to figure out what I really want to talk about. And holy moly, was I blown away with how it resonated with people. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. And, you know, I I laugh when I think about my very first LinkedIn networking call. I almost didn't take it. It was a guy from Chicago who does finance. I was pretty sure he was going to try to sell me something. But we got on the phone, and the first thing he said is, can you tell me everything about how you journal? I've never heard anyone describe journaling the way you describe journaling. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'm happy to, <laughs> but it's journaling, like clearly everybody knows how to journal, right? And then a couple of days later, I hopped on another phone call and this was a, a guy in Canada, really smart digital marketer. And he's like, yeah, so can you tell me everything about how you journal? Because I've never heard anyone talk about journaling the way you talk about journaling. A few days later, I talked to a really smart guy in Amsterdam, does um, some highfalutin thing for Nike. And he was like, yeah, can you just tell me more about how you journal? And I was, just, I was floored because if these very smart people hadn't ever thought about journaling the way I think about journaling, then maybe I've got something to share. So that's kind of how I eased into it, is just really showing up one day at a time, listening to questions people had, answering them, and really discovering that we all have ways that we can make journaling work for us. And the more we can find our own path, the more satisfying journaling is and the more helpful it is for us. The more ways we can use journaling in our lives, really the more good things are gonna come our way. Wow, like what an amazing journey, right? Of all of those different lessons from so young in your life to now and how it's been that kind of thing in the background, just waiting for you to pick it up and use it whenever you needed it. I love that too. So what do you think that you said in those first initial blogs that you put out there, articles on LinkedIn, that really resonated with people. Can you think back to what you said that made them really say, oh my gosh, that's so different? Well, I can't tell you the words I said, but I think it was the feeling that it conveyed, that journaling is friendly, that your journal can be your friend, that journaling can be easy and that you can do it. I think sometimes, I don't know, people put out these ideas on what journaling is and what it looks like. And we think it has to look a certain way. And if that certain way happens to work for you, really cool. But if that way doesn't work for you, then most of us are not going to think, oh, this this way of journaling, there's something wrong with that. What do we think? Oh, something's wrong with me because that's not working for me. I hear from people all the time, well, I've tried journaling and it doesn't work. I've tried journaling and I just, I don't like it. Well, you just don't like, I, uh, my feeling is you just don't like that particular way to journal, but you don't have to just do that. There are so many wonderful ways to journal. You can find a way or multiple ways that feel good to you. Wow, it's almost like you're giving people a permission slip to do something different. You know, um, so when I think back, I, I won a journal when I was in grade school and it was so pretty and I didn't in my perfectionist days, didn't want to ruin it. So I would never use it. I still have it to this day. I've still never written in it. Um, which is crazy, right? <laughs> and you think about why haven't you written in it? 
But I think what helped me get over that was learning about bullet journaling and trying something like that where you could literally make a mistake, cover it up with something and do something else. So that kind of helped me with that. Are you into bullet journaling too? Or are you just more focused on prompts and kind of free writing? So I love all of the things about bullet journaling, but I don't bullet journal. And I don't bullet journal because I know myself and I will get caught up in all of the stuff. I will need all of the markers and the stickers and the embellishments and the layouts. And I will spend more time creating things than doing any actual journaling. Um, So that would not help me. I know lots of people who use it, use it well, and love it. But I just want to go back to what you said a a minute ago about that special journal that you still haven't used. I hear this all the time. People Mm -hmm. tell me, I'll start journaling when I find the perfect journal. And then they find it. And then they don't (laughs) want to use it because they're afraid to ruin it. So I wish I had them Mm -hmm. with me. I would show you um, this journal that I got in 2001. It's an Italian leather journal. I didn't use it right away. I didn't use it years later. I carried it around for 20 odd years before pulling it out of my closet in January and deciding I was finally going to break it in. And you know what I put in there? Some really sloppy health journaling for about a week. And now it's sitting here in the corner of my, you know, of, of my <laughs> office on the floor. So I, I, I've given up on that. And I tell people all the time, use tools that are just nice enough. Use tools that are going to be something you look forward to using, but not something so nice you're going to put pressure on yourself to do it perfectly. Um, I would also show you if I had it my first journal from this year where I found this beautiful quote and I thought, oh, this will be such an inspirational way to start my journaling for the year. And four lines in, I got so excited. I got a sentence ahead of myself and messed the whole thing up and (laughs) scribbled it all out. And then I had the opportunity to reflect, well, I guess this is how my year's going to be. You know, I'm going to shoot for perfection and give myself a whole lot of grace and things are going to be exactly how they are. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I do think I was trying to find the perfect thing to put in that journal, which, you know, at some point I will figure out what that is, but thank you for that. I think that's helpful because I do feel like I've talked to other people who have the same thing where they're struggling. They have something, they just don't want to use it. So you've talked a little bit about what journaling has done for you. Do you have a favorite way of journaling? that you like the best? Well, I will say I have favorite ways to journal depending on the day and what I'm trying to achieve. Mm. So I'm a huge believer that no one size fits all. Um, My journal is a blank lined notebook. I got it for $8 at the local everything store. I like it because everything is possible with a blank lined (laughs) journal. I love the idea of those guided journals that give you the formula and the format um, so you can just show up and, and put your thoughts on the page. The problem is I always feel really constrained by them, that I might like them for a day or two, but after a week of journaling the same way, I don't know, I, I think it, it gets boring for me. And I've heard, a, I speculate that happens with a lot of other people when they're like, I've tried journaling, I got bored, I stopped. Um, so I like to some days just do stream of consciousness writing and start with what's on my mind. And it might be, I'm so happy that the sun is shining today and see where I go from there. It might be, 
I feel really stuck. Why do I feel stuck, right? And I get a chance to explore and dig in that way and learn things about myself that I didn't realize were there. Other days, I really like to dig into my intention setting questions. I have six questions I love to ask myself. I like to ask, what is the most important thing for me to do today? How can I show up as my best me? What does my soul need today? How will I feed my mind today? How will I take care of my body today? And who do I need to connect with today? And asking myself those same questions, and I do them just about every day, helps me slow down and listen because we have most of the answers we ever need inside of us. We just need to learn to listen. And that's what that practice does for me. It helps me understand where and how I want to show up and what I can do to support myself in showing up as the person I want to be. Um, I love to use my journal to hold myself accountable for the goals that I set and to track my progress. I love to use my journal to express gratitude for all the things that I have. And I'm I'm a really big believer in a flexible journaling practice, that we are different people every day. We have different needs every day. And if I were to say, I journal one particular way, that's going to help me really well on the days when it helps me. And on the days when it doesn't, it probably won't. So I will say to anybody who feels kind of stuck with the idea that their journaling should look a certain way, to play around. Think of it as a playground. Try something new because you might discover something that serves you better today. It doesn't mean you can't go back to your favorites. It just means maybe today you'll find something else that is speaking more to you and what you need today. I love that because you're creating safe space for people to journal in whatever way works for them that day. And I think that's I I totally understand what you mean. I've definitely, I love journals. I am a little bit of addicted to them and notebooks and all of that. But I have bought the kind that are all laid out for you. And I do find it is repetitive after a while. Like, okay, I'm still grateful for that. So I'm still grateful for that. It just seems like you don't have anything new to contribute. And I think the flexibility and freedom to create whatever you need that day is important. Are you a big believer in the artist way approach where they write out for like three pages all the things that are happening for them to kind of clear your head out? It's, um, I forget the person's name who wrote that book, but um, Julie, Julie Cameron? Yep, that's exactly that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly who it is. Um, I will tell you, I, I have a copy. I've not read it. It's still sitting on my shelf. At some point, maybe <laughs> I'll read it. I like the idea of it and I like the idea behind it. And some days it might be exactly what you need. But I talk to a lot of people who feel a lot of pressure to get it right, Mm. who, whether they've read the book or haven't read the book, just put a lot of pressure on themselves. I talked to a friend of mine, I don't know, some some months ago, and she said, my my big hangup is um, what size notebook? Because I can't fill three pages of a giant notebook every day, but maybe a mini notebook. And I said to her, well, do you have to do three pages or could you maybe journal for time? What if you set a timer for 10 minutes and just journal until the timer went off? And the look on her face was like, (laughs) oh, I didn't realize that was even a thing. Because again, there are so many people with their journaling systems and ways to journal that work for them. And they put it out as, 
here is the way to journal. Here's the best way to journal. Here's how I do it, right? And we think because it works for them, it should also work for us all of the time. And if it doesn't, where's the problem? The problem is probably with us. Most of us, mm-hmm. you know, are, are turning turning and pointing the fingers toward ourselves instead of toward that journaling system. Um, So yes, I think it's really helpful for some people on some days. And if it works for you, cool, and you love it, great. And when it stops working for you, try something else. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Because it just helped me at a time when I think I had so much stuff in my head that I definitely didn't do three pages every day, I'll tell you that. And I've actually never read what I wrote. Um, It's still sitting in the notebook. So someday, maybe I'll go back and read and see what the fun things were that I wrote. Well, you know what's interesting about that? People ask me all the time, how often do you go back and read your journals? And my answer is always as often as I need to, which sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not very often. Sometimes we just need to get the words out of our heads, out of our hearts, just put them on the page so we can let them go. Sometimes I need to put my thoughts and feelings on the page so I can see what they really are. Because when the thoughts are in my brain, they look a whole lot different sometimes than they do when they're on the page. So sometimes I write so I can get that clarity. And a lot of my writing, I don't need to go back and revisit. I'm likely to go back and revisit on like a year-end reflection to see where I was this time last year. I'm likely to go back when I check my progress toward my goals to see where I was last week. But I really, unless I'm looking for something specific, usually just writing it down and letting it go, you know, unless I'm writing memories, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm remember writing down things I want to remember, then I'll go through and, and revisit it. But sometimes the beauty is writing it and letting it go. Mm-hmm. Do you use one journal for all of those things that you talked about? Or do you have a journal for goals and a journal for gratefulness and different things like that? Most of my journaling is done in the same book. Oh, it's not here. I would show you um, <laughs> most of it. So I do any stream of consciousness journaling using journal prompts. I love to use journal prompts. Um, those I do all in my journal. I usually integrate my journaling practice. So as I'm doing stream of consciousness, I, I love to see it from a lens of what I'm grateful for. But I have just done you know a standalone journaling practice in there. The only thing that I pull out is any specific data I'm trying to track. So if if I want to do some health journaling, I'll do it in a different book. Or if there's something else I really want to measure and keep an eye on, I really admire people who can have a separate journal for everything. For me, that just that's a lot of stuff I have to keep track of. And it puts barriers in my way. Because if I'm traveling, well, what if I didn't bring the right notebook? I, I didn't bring my gratitude notebook. So how can I write my gratitude in practice if I don't have my gratitude journal, right? So... So actually, I keep two. I keep my regular everyday journal, and then I also have an evening journal. Um, It's one of those line-a-day journals that has just a little bit of space. And at the end of the day, right before I go to bed, I love to capture the high points in sort of a gratitude format, just like what were the best moments of my day? And I love the idea that before long, I'll have five years of the best moments of my life all together in one book. So... Really, I keep two and then occasionally separate journals for different things I'm trying to measure. I think that's so helpful because I think that's another piece. You know, the more we can help people understand 
are options for them to do versus the things that they have to do and the shoulds that people tell them. So I know you do groups for journaling, which I'd never even heard of before I met you. So I love that. What do you think the biggest takeaways are for the people who are in the group? And what are some big wins that you've seen them have because of being in your group? Yeah, I think the most unexpected thing I've seen is the connection. The connection we feel to each other, the connection we feel to ourselves. I've always thought of journaling as a solitary activity. And the idea of journaling in a group at first I thought was really weird because I wouldn't say to you, hey, Susan, why don't you come over and bring your deck of cards and we'll both sit at my dining room table and play solitaire? Because that's weird. That would be really weird. But somehow journaling together is not weird. And the way I like to run these groups, we start out with a journal prompt. We all start out in the same place, get some time to write, and then break into smaller conversations where we can share not necessarily what we wrote, but what came up for us. What was our experience like? And my friend Nikolai, who does similar work, always explains it as sharing is our currency. This is how we build connection. You know, I share a little bit with you, you share a little bit with me. And then there's this magic that happens where we're having a similar experience at the same time. And it just breeds the sense of, again, connection with ourselves because I'm learning about myself. And then I talk with you and I'm sharing what I learned and I'm learning from you. And I take all of that and I funnel it not just back into my journaling, but into my life moving forward. So I have seen group members uh, make really strong friendships in these groups. Um, My last group that I ran, I had a couple of people decide to start a book club together because they were reading the same book, which was fabulous. This program that I'm currently running, it's an eight-week program that I'm calling Better You, Better Business, really designed to use journaling to do just that, help us be our best selves so we can create and show up better in our businesses, whether we're building a business or we work for somebody else or we want to be a better leader. And in this program, I think what we're learning is we can do it, that we can put aside those limiting beliefs, that we can challenge ourselves, that we can learn and grow and take these ambitious goals that we think we can do, that we really, really want, and we can make them happen. And journaling is an aid to aid to getting there. Plus, I think it's also it because I took one of her groups and I thought it was really amazing because I'd never done it in a group before. So I was very curious to see how it was going to work. And I think for me, it's also just the slowing down process of spending time. This is the part that I think most people struggle with is the slowing down. Everything's go, go, go. I've got the next meeting. I've got the next thing. But the importance of slowing down, it brings more creativity to you and more ideas. And you can solve problems if you actually slow down long enough to think about the solutions to them. And that is exactly why I love journaling so much, because I always say I have two speeds. They are rabbit and stop. And stop usually (laughs) means asleep. So journaling is one of the very few things that will slow me down enough that I can really look inward and listen and learn who I am and what I need and what is standing in the way and how I'm standing in the way of what I want and what I need to do to make all of that happen. Fascinating. I I bet no one who's listening has heard a lot of this stuff around journaling. And I think what the thing that also was interesting to me is calling yourself a journaling coach. Like I've never heard anyone 
who's been a journaling coach. Do you know a lot of those in the world now that you're doing it? Now that I'm doing it, I know a small handful. Um, I have a, a friend in California who does this work and a friend in Romania who does similar work. And so once every mm-hmm. month, couple months, we try to get together, talk about what we're doing, and then we journal together, which is really, really magical. Um, but there's mm-hmm. not... There's not a lot of people on LinkedIn, which is my, you know, where I've built my community. I think there are a lot of folks in the world. There is an, oh, I can't remember what it stands for. Um, ISJW, I think, International Society for Journal Writers. I just butchered that. But they're out there and there's lots of folks there doing really great work. I talked to the uh, the head person there. I don't remember what her title is, Linda Monk, but she's wonderful and generous. And um, we had a beautiful conversation a few months ago. I think people in this space are really supportive. I think there's not a lot of us because I think there's a lot of people doing the work and calling it something else. They might be a life coach. They might be a some other kind of coach. Oh. And it's funny, almost every kind of coach and every coach that I've talked with has told me they suggest, require, or recommend their clients keep a journal. But then they're also super quick, and I'm not saying this to call anyone out or throw anyone under the bus, but they're very quick to say, but I don't really know how to teach them how to journal. I mean, I know what works for me, and so then I just show them that. And again, it speaks back to if that way doesn't work for you, you're going to think, oh, your coach who told you to journal this way, if it's not working for you, it's, it's a problem with you and not a mismatch in techniques. And that's why I love this idea that everything is an option when it comes to journaling. Try it all, play around, have fun with it. I like that you call it, that's a playground, right? You can go in and try something new. So what would be a couple tips that you would tell someone who really wants to do this, maybe just isn't sure where to start? Like, what are your few easy tips to get them going. Yeah. I love to start with your why. Why do you want to journal? What do you want it to do for you? Because that will inform how you journal. So if I want to use my journaling to get in touch with my thoughts and feelings, then I need to spend time thinking about my thoughts and feelings, right? So I need to pick strategies that will help me get there. I think journal prompts are really fabulous to use, and they're really especially helpful for folks who think that starting with a blank page is really scary because they don't know where to start. It's really helpful for people who have high anxiety or have high access to shame or sadness or those other kind of icky feelings that... um, you know, we immediately go to that place. Journal prompts are really helpful because it serves as a really safe container for our thoughts. I can explore this thing that makes me feel kind of icky, but I don't have to go super down the rabbit hole. Um, I worked with a client not long ago who said, I, I love the idea of journaling, but I feel like every time I journal, my life gets worse. So I probed a little bit. I'm like, how are you journaling? She's like, I'm mostly just talking about my life and all the things that are going wrong. I'm like, Yes. And that's that's why you don't like journaling because it it's so easy to go down that spiral. But if you can use a journaling prompt or use kind of a filter of, um, of gratitude and positivity, 
right? Then it makes journaling a much friendlier place. So my other tip is to remember that your journal is your friend. It's not looking to judge you. It's not grading you. It's not critiquing your handwriting or your grammar or your ideas. Your journal just wants you to use it. Oh, great tips. Very, very good foundational stuff that they need to really think about. I think that's amazing. So we're going to transition into what I call rise up and be visible quick tips. So these are four questions that I'm going to ask you, and I can't wait to hear your answers on these because I may actually ask you another question based on your response because I'm thinking about something, but I'm interested to see if you respond here. So the first one is, What do you think visibility is? Visibility is essential if you want to be memorable. If you want to get your message across, if you want to teach other people that thing that you know, you have to be visible because if they don't find you, they're not going to be able to hear your message. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Do you have advice or a tip that you could share with the listeners on what you have done to be visible? So I've built my community on LinkedIn. I show up on LinkedIn every morning, usually before eight o'clock and share something mostly related to journaling. So people know where to find me. People know what to expect from me. And I've really just built a community. And whether I'm sharing my own content or I'm commenting on other people's content, I'm, I'm there, I'm visible, I'm doing the work and I'm sharing. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to call out. I think you've done an excellent job of that because I can see you commenting on other people's posts that don't necessarily even talk about journaling from your perspective, but maybe just building a connection with that person. Is there some intention behind which people you choose to comment on or not? I engage with people who are providing interesting content. Um, I don't, I don't tie, I tie most things that I post uh, to journaling and journaling is so universal. I can tie everything into journaling. So it works Mm -hmm. really well for me. Um, (laughs) But if someone is, if someone posts a good idea or they have something that they've been thinking about that I've been thinking about, I love to jump in and join the conversation. I love to make friends. And I had the luxury of starting my LinkedIn journey that way, that I hadn't discovered that I wanted to talk about journaling yet. I wasn't looking for a job. I wasn't building a business. So I got to just go on there and play and make friends. So yeah, I connect and engage with folks who are doing interesting things. That's amazing. So what is one piece of leadership or career advice that you received that's helped you the most? Yeah. And I will say I was taught this by a leader early on when I was in college. Every time I left the office, she would say, thank you so much for your contributions today. And at first I was like, I didn't really do much today. I you know, I was an intern at the American Red Cross in, in Boston during my college days. And I went in, I, I think one day I swept the floor and I clipped a couple media clippings and that was sort of it. And at first I was like, really, I didn't contribute much. But the next day and the next day and the next day, I got a sincere thank you for my work. And it made me show up better. It made me show up intentionally to do good work, however much work there was to do. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I've never heard anyone say that before. I love that. Wow. Yep. Because we will always work harder when we feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't require any money. It doesn't take much time. It just requires a little bit of effort to let people know that we appreciate them. Even just saying the words, I used to have a, a director who would literally write out a card, you know, for a birthday or anniversary, or if you did a good thing, leaving a program. And I had, I kept all those, you know, which most people would say, why, what, 
because you never know. You may have a bad day and you need to look at that card (laughs) and remember the good things that you've done. So what books have you read recently that you love and would recommend to the audience? Yeah, so the big one that I read this year that I absolutely loved was Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. It's really helped in combination with journaling. It's helped me to have a better feelings vocabulary. And Mm. the better my feelings vocabulary is, the more accurately I can tell what's going on and how I'm feeling and ask for what I need. Mm -hmm. And it matters. I'm not someone who likes asking for help. So when I can be really specific in the help that I need, I almost always get it. Yes, it's on my list to read. So I'm excited to hear how that really helped you and how it's helping your journaling. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I love all Brene things, whatever she writes. I'm a big fan too. (laughs) So how can people reach out to you and connect with you? You mentioned LinkedIn. Is that the best place? Yeah. You know what? The easiest place might be to my website. I'm still building it out. But for now, you can find me at goodthingscometothosewhojournal.com. And from there, you can link out to my LinkedIn. You can see different places that I am around the internet. You can see... Um, a link to a flyer about my upcoming round of Better You, Better Business. I have a group that's starting in October and I'm accepting folks onto the wait list for that program. Um, yeah, just some other some other tidbits. Those are all amazing. What I wanted to share with you, and I, I don't think we talked about this, is I love that you just jumped into this because I know you also have a job outside of journal of coaching. So that is also part of what she's doing each day. And I love that you just jumped into this world and you're making a difference for so many people so quickly. So I just want to really acknowledge that because she is, um, you'll see the video if you watch our highlight reel, she's just full of light and excitement and passion for this journaling that she's doing. And I think she's transforming the world and how they see journaling. So thank you for what you're doing, Amanda. I know it's going to change a lot of lives and I hope everybody starts to see what's possible for them with journaling now. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate all of that. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a a ton of fun. And I I learn every time I talk to you. So um, I know everyone else will too. So thank you everybody for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.